This is the NT Filmmakers Podcast, Episode 9. This is the NT Filmmakers Podcast where we talk to filmmakers and creatives from the Northern Territory of Australia about their projects, their experiences and their challenges. And now, here's your host, Steve Archer. Welcome everyone to the NT Filmmakers Podcast. This is the third in a series of special episodes leading up to the first milestone for the NT Filmmakers Podcast, our 10th episode. In this episode, I'll be handing over the reins to a very special guest host, Thomas Medina, who'll be interviewing me about my latest short film, Disconnect, which has been submitted to the Darwin International Film Festival. So sit back and relax. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. It's Thomas Medina here. You might have heard me on a previous episode of uh, the NT Filmmakers podcast. I've hijacked the podcast um, I've taken over and I'm here with your regular host, Steve Archer. Um, hello, Steve. Hello. Thank uh, you. Uh, I, I, will, I know you said once or twice, but it's actually more like three times. You, oh, true. You've, you've been on. Remember, we, you, we had that massive interview for you. But thanks for inviting me on my show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, welcome back to your show. Um, uh, and I'm, uh, uh, yeah, we're here to talk to you about mm. some of the things that you've been doing because well, you're, what we do know is that you're the host of the Anti-Filmmakers podcast, but um, what we don't know much about is that you also are a filmmaker yourself. I am, And are yes. uh, making other things apart from the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so the main thing mm. that you've sent me recently here is uh, you've made a new short film. Yes. Um, tell me about uh, where this short film came oh, from. Oh, yes. Disconnect uh, is the name of the short film. I was looking for something that was a little bit out in left field. I was looking for an experimental film. It, we, I know we talked about chickens and eggs in one of the earlier episodes, but <laughs> I had bought a lens, a very specialised lens, a number of years ago that I had planned to use for photography. And I knew that it would make a very interesting filming lens as well. And what, what the lens is, it's called a lens baby, odd name, but it, <laughs> it's, a, it's essentially a, it's a cheap tilt shift lens. It's a few hundred dollars as opposed to a thousand odd dollars. Okay, yeah. But it's a little bit more than that, whereas your tilt shift lenses are designed to make sure your verticals in architecture photos are, are straight up and down. What this one does is it allows you to actually swivel it about on a basically a ball hinge. So you end up with a, a sharp center point of focus and then a a gradually blurring edge but you can move that point of focus to anywhere in the frame and that then allows you to have a really creative effect straight in camera without applying any filters at all. Wow great and when you got this lens Mm. was this just a fascination or was it for something in particular? No no it was something I was really interested in I'd seen some videos on it on YouTube of course and I'm going oh I really like that that'd be great 
I should buy one of those. So I did, and then they released last year an updated version, which is for Micro Four Thirds cameras, which is what I do my filming on, and I went, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, I must have one of these. <laughs> so what I did was went and went and bought it, got it. it you can only buy them from the States um, at the wow. moment. They, okay. they do sell them in the stores in Australia. I think they're almost in the market now, or they should be very close to it. Uh, but I got mine straight from the, the manufacturer's website. Um, not often I'm an early adopter, but this one I was. And then that drove me, because I know it makes this dreamy effect. Mm. I went, right, now I need to write a film that will let me capitalise on right. that effect. Uh -huh. So I was sort of toying around with the idea and I, I was getting more and more moving into the, the darker, moody side because that's kind of what it was speaking to me as I was experimenting and testing with the lens. And I've gone, mm. yes, okay, I think we need to take this down a, 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 an experimental direction but a, a fairly confronting direction as well. Yes. So it, it might have been a case of the lens drove the script, drove the film, as opposed to the script driving the choice of lens that you might see in more traditional filmmaking. Right, yes. So I'm kind of backwards on this That's one. That's right. The technology is the inception. Yeah. It's yes. very, yeah. It's, you can be inspired by all mm. sorts of things. Yes. It's when, it's when I realised that, yes, I was going to need to label, in inverted commas, this a an experimental film. Because <laughs> otherwise people will go, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> and so you mentioned uh, the script. Mm. Um, what? What did the script look like for this one? Since it is experimental. Yes. How? Um, and yeah, what is the content of the script? The, the, because yeah. the the whole premise was was going down this rather discordant line with you know having this this blurred image. Yeah. Um, and and in fact, you often see on um, TV shows something similar when they do dream sequences and flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure they add that effect in post. But mm. I just had the luxury of the lens to do it in real life. <laughs> um, so when I realised it was going to go down this discordant sort of path with compared to what you would normally see on the screen I went all right how far can I push the boundaries on this what's the most discordant way that I can tell the story and so that's why I went to using uh, poetry rather than mm. a narrative yep and then I went okay what's the most discordant type of poetry I can imagine and that's where I ended up with a Japanese haiku which has no rhyme um, but which has a very strict pattern of syllables five in the syllables in the first line seven in the middle line five syllables in the third line uh, and so the whole thing was written in these three line stanzas do you have much experience previous experience writing haiku uh, let's see, I'm pretty sure I wrote one in 1983 when I was in year 12. Is that the last one? That would have been the only one. <laughs> um, but I did actually write this in a, uh, just over an hour. Okay. So, yeah, I had, because I had the concept and I can string a word together from time to time, um, the, the haiku actually just fell into place. It took me longer to check that I actually had five, seven and five syllables than it did to write out the actual content itself. So right. probably an hour and a half or so to, to do the whole whole thing and just tweak it up. Yeah, great. And give us a little um a little um 
a little one-liner or so of um, what it's about. Oh, okay. So um, the the I guess the the basic story behind it is it's looking at um, teenage angst um, and the, I don't want to give the ending away because mm-hmm. I'd really like people to watch it. Absolutely. Um, but it's very much a first-person view, um, point of view on um, the feelings that someone would go through when they're feeling overwhelmed, when they're not feeling connected to the world around them. Right. Yeah. So it's very much the the disconnect title is very much about that feeling of separation, that feeling of not being part of. Um, one of the lines in the in the haiku is um, here but not present. Mm, yeah, and that's that's really set the whole tone then for the for the visuals and as well as the the uh, the, the haiku from that. Yes, and as you say, it's an experimental film. It's yeah. very much. Um, it's very much depicting a unique perspective, mm. isn't it? It's it's point of view. It's yes. um, the, the, you don't see a person in the entire film. It's all shot from the point of view of the person who's actually reading the haiku or performing, telling the story. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about how you made it. Oh um, yes. Mm. Uh, tell me about the crew. <laughs> the crew consisted of me. <laughs> um, this is this is one um, I used a friend a friend's daughter to read the haiku. Yep. Um, but that's the only other person who was actually involved mm. in this one. Uh, I wrote it. Um, I filmed it and I edited it and I did the sound. Yep. <laughs> um, so there, I literally had a, a, a small sling bag that had um, the one camera and the lens in it. Mm. And then it had my audio recorder set up and I would do the filming bit and then I would put the camera in the bag and then I'd pull out the audio recorder and I'd start doing the the foley and the wild tracks and the location sound. Um, Half, no, close to half actually of the sound effects are actually real sound effects that I recorded during the day. Original recorded sounds. Yep, and the rest of it was stuff that I pulled out from um, online sources yep. to to try and do it. All all the all the tones and the rises they were all pulled from online. Yeah, I did toy with the idea of um, playing with instruments, digital instruments, to make those, and then I realised that that was just another step beyond. You didn't want to hire yourself as a composer as no, well. No, no. And, and again, not sure I really wanted to push that boundary. <laughs> you know, can I play a single note in Garage Band? Yes. Can I download a single note? Yes. Let's go the download route. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, um, I bet there are a lot of uh, tech nerds uh, mm. that listen to this podcast. Oh, I, mean, I, I hope don't, so. Welcome, a... tech nerds. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I don't care about cameras that much. Well, a little bit. But, yeah. um, I bet you kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, let's hear what camera okay. uh, you used. Uh, so, what did so you put your lens baby on? For the for the tech nerds, I used a lens baby Sol twenty two mm. fitted to an Olympus OMD EM five Mark II. Okay. Is that a? What do you think of that camera? Oh, I love that camera. Yeah. It's it's got this. It's mine. My variant is black and silver, so it reminds me of my very first. SLR, not DSLR, but SLR that I bought in 1985. Um, 
black and silver trim. And if you think retro camera without going to the old box brownie, yeah, that's that's mm. what this thing looks like. It's, yeah, but it's tiny. It would be not much bigger footprint than um, a six iPhone six plus. Yeah, it's tiny with um, a pancake lens attached. So it's, right. it's really, really... Pretty mobile package. Very, very much yeah. so. Um, the on-camera audio was with the... Uh, I, I love Rode microphones. I'm, I'm not going to apologise for that. I think they're We're awesome. using them right now, right? We, we are, in fact, using the Rode microphones <laughs> right now. Again, <laughs> thank you, Rode. Uh, so um, I use their uh, Rode Video Micro, which is, again, an incredibly lightweight microphone mm -hmm. for the on-camera audio. Yep. Uh, and I... I was a bit tricky when I did the sound effects recording, the Foley recording. I actually hooked up, they have a new, newish microphone now. It's called a Video Mic Me. And what it is, is it's a, a short uh, microphone, quarter inch cardioid microphone. Mm. It would be probably five, maybe six centimeters long. Yep. It's quite tiny. Um, it's, yeah about the size of most people's little fingers, diameter-wise, maybe a bit bigger, um, and it's got a lightning connector on it. Uh -huh. And I plugged it straight into my old iPhone 6 Plus that we're actually using to record this interview. Right it's my audio device. Uh, and I then mounted that in an iPhone holder on the end of a monopod, and I walked that around, and that's how I did the folio, uh, the, the Foley um, sounds, with a monopod and a phone, and this Fancy little $70 microphone <laughs> that Rode produces. Um, this is a budget filmmaker's yeah, yeah, ideal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, that's right. It's all small. Yep. It's all uh, mm -hmm. light, very mobile, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and relatively affordable, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of those the cameras, uh, I think the camera's about twelve or $1,300 brand new. Mm -hmm. um, the lens baby is, uh, I think I paid $300 for it. Uh, Australian. Um, it's cheaper than that US, of course, but everything is US of dollars. Course, yes. um, and the iPhone's uh, recycled. <laughs> That's very cheap. That's very, very cheap. Yeah, I paid for that one already. Thank you, Telstra. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, the, the little video like me was, was 70 bucks and the monopod was one I had laying around that would have cost me 60 or 70 dollars. I think I bought it in Singapore, actually. Yeah, great. On, on a holiday. So yeah, my, my whole filmmaking kit is probably yeah, well under $2,000 to, to buy for, for this film. Yeah, very nice. Mm. And you've got some um, very kind of experimental shots in this experimental short. <laughs> I do um, a little, How yes. did you achieve some of these more kind of uh, camera movement-y shots? Ah, yes. So um, are you talking about that last shot right at yeah, the end? Yeah, you've got one that's spinning right that's around. spinning around, yeah. Um, that was actually a GoPro. Okay. So the only other camera that I used, the only time I didn't use a lens baby, and um, a 12 metre length of rope. Wow. And a cliff at high tide. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went down to Dudley Point, uh, halfway between Lake Alexander and East Point. Yeah. And there's a spot there where you can actually get right out to the water's edge, watch the tides, and I needed a rainy, gloomy day where the tide was high, and I tied the rope to my GoPro, and then I held my breath as I lowered it and just let it spin down. <laughs> and that was, yes, panicked. And again, that's crew of one? Just that's me, yes. That's 
Yes, that's that's literally me wow, that's... doing all of that. And, and I, I tied the other end of the rope to me, so <laughs> I figured the GoPro was unlikely to be heavy enough to pull me over the cliff. <laughs> but my knot tying skills <laughs> were seriously in doubt in yes. my mind. I certainly wouldn't recommend for anybody who's got a RED or an RELX, I would not recommend this technique for getting that type of shot. Mm -hmm. um, get somebody else to do it. It's always exciting to hear the contraptions that mm. uh, that that filmmakers use for yes. these kind of wild shots. I know uh, Nathaniel Kelly, who mm. um, would, was on the podcast previously with me, uh, once made a... Uh, at home, just out of just home objects, um, when he was like 12, was, <laughs> or 10 probably, yeah. um, he made a, a really big crane mm. for, um, mm. for a crane system for a camera and he got it up really high. Um, I'm going to say like 15 meters, it was probably not, but uh, it, was, it was impressive at the time. Mm, yeah. And, um, and another it's impressive local, at any time. At, at any time, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And another local artist, um, Joris Wilson, mm. showed me a short film he made once. Uh, uh, where they had, uh, I forget, someone uh, jumping off the wharf, mm, I think, mm. and the camera went over and watched it. And, um, and yeah, he told me about the system they used. It sounded very makeshift, oh, very yes, risky. Yes, yes. It's, um, yeah, you never know how some of these shots are <laughs> achieved. Exactly, e exactly, yeah. So um, prior to that shot, I did have two GoPros, I, I will admit. However, I had one filming a behind the scenes um, mm, and that, that, that camera um, in the process of me doing the, the lowering that camera kind of got a bit close to the edge and mm. went down oh. and it's now somewhere at the bottom of the, <laughs> of oh. the ocean so um, that's rather unfortunate oh, so dear. I'm now down to a single GoPro. <laughs> I mean, there's the costs. Yes, that, that kind of... It's not all fun and games. No, well, yeah, it was. <laughs> Although I did say some words that we're not allowed to put on this podcast at the time. Uh, but that's what, in, that's what insurance is for. Um, yeah, if you're a filmmaker mm. and you're not insured, then you, you're kind of taking a bit of a risk there. But um, yeah, I'd used my... Um, I, I had a, a, an old 3 Plus that I'd bought five years mm. ago that got occasional use and uh, I had found, I went to Japan for a holiday last year and I found a little tiny store that was selling Hero 5s for like 150 bucks cheaper than what I could buy it in Australia. Yeah. Um, it's scary because prices in Japan are in the thousands of yen. It was like 200,000 right. yen, Wrong. which is a scary number until, until you convert it to Australian and go, that's like 150 bucks cheaper than Harvey Norman. <laughs> right. Great. Honey, can I have? So I came home from my trip with a with a GoPro Hero 5, which I used for the spinning shot, mm. but I had the L3 Plus there to get the BTS, mm. the behind the scenes, and um, yes, slightly uncoordinated, and camera went down. It Oops. happens, doesn't it? Yes, yes, so yes, and I lost the camera, and, and of course, you know, the, and the waterproof housing, and the brand new SD card that was in it and the of course, of and course. the little tripod it was sitting on. <laughs> well, if anyone comes across, uh, along where, uh, any beaches we should be looking at? Uh, yes, anywhere along. Well, it's hard to tell with our tides. Um, it, it dropped over at Dudley Point. But if somebody does find a Hero 3 Plus and they'd like to return it, I'd be very well, grateful. Or I'd... just keep it for yourself. So get excited <laughs> yeah, out there. This is a right. giveaway, you, the you, first you, giveaway the in the NT Filmmakers giveaway, yes. podcast. But you've got to go scavenger hunting for it. That's Sorry, right. folks. Yes. <laughs> Actually, no, don't 
give it back to me because I've claimed it on insurance. So <laughs> that'd be awkward. That, that would be very awkward. I'd, I'd have so much paperwork to fill out. So if I've if I have donated a GoPro Hero Three Plus to a worthy cause, fantastic. That's, <laughs> that's great. I've I've returned something to society as well as a as a as a film. <laughs> so this clearly isn't the first short film you've made. Steve. No, no. Uh, do you remember the first one you ever made by any chance? Oh yes. Um, the very very first one that I did was a documentary f about Doctors Gully, oh, um, wow. okay. where I actually tr uh, did the historical research and traced from uh, settlement through to it being a World War II base. Mm. Um, there was the very first hospital in Darwin was actually up on the cliff overlooking Doctors Gully wow. before it moved to Myeley Point and then moved to uh, just around the corner here at or wherever it is mm, that it lives uh, now. Yep. I never know what suburb it's in. I've, it's no, over there it's somewhere. That way. <laughs> that way somewhere, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've actually had three hospitals. A lot of people know we've had two, right. but there was one before that, right, uh, yeah. which was, uh, I believe, if memory serves, it was uh, originally set up for all the smallpox victims. Oh, okay. Yeah, Roughly... all the people suffering from that. Okay, roughly when did you make this? Uh, I made that in last year, middle of last year. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So Fantastic. yes, I'm, I made it in in June. Yeah. Yep. Made it in yeah late June last year. Um, filmed it in a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a long weekend, admittedly, <laughs> a long weekend. Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to prove to myself that you could make a short documentary, and it's only three minutes. Yeah. But I wanted to prove you could make it from go to woe in five days. Yeah. So I did. I researched. I wrote. I narrated, filmed, yeah. um, went out for a day filming, did two, I think, reshoots the mm. lay, uh, the, the next day, um, and then edited and produced the whole thing in yeah, five right. days. So um, most people, I think, are not that enamoured with their very first film. <laughs> and I can see the technical flaws in it. But you know what? I've made something. And I'm really happy with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> what doesn't have technical flaws? Yeah, exactly. And was right. this again a um, solo project? Yes. yes. Basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one. That one was totally solo. Yeah. I I did everything, uh, including the narration on that one. Um, I'd done another 90 second short film, uh, and I should say all of these are available on my YouTube channel. Yes. So Great. Untold Digital Media, uh, which you'll all know because that's where you'll go for the show notes, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did a, a very short film. That was my film in a day. Um, I had. I, I had a Sunday where I had nothing on. Uh oh. <laughs> Which, yeah. And I went, I'm kind of in the mood to make a film. So I quickly sketched out some thoughts that I'd had rattling around in my head for a little while about mm -hmm. somebody who was struggling with writer's block. Um, rang my, or texted, I should say, because he doesn't answer the phone. Um, I texted my brother in law and said, Hey, are you busy around lunchtime? Can I come over for a couple of hours? We filmed for two hours uh, with him following my directions. So, the first time I was a director. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't have a clue, but he did what I wanted. Um, we, we made his, uh, his then four-year-old, yes, I think she was four-year-old niece. Um, we had to make her the production assistant. Oh. And she's actually in the credits as production assistant because oh. um, I said, 
go go get your dad a drink. So I put her down as as craft services as well. <laughs> get them early, yeah, lunch so, crew early. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so notional crew. Although really, it was me and trying to just keep her busy enough that she wasn't trying to jump on her dad's lap when yes. I wanted him to act in inverted commas. Um, and then yeah, I edited it that evening and um, uploaded it to YouTube. So it's an, a 90 second film shot in probably not much more than about 12 hours. Shot and edited, it, written, shot and edited in 12 hours. So yeah, that's I'm kind of happy with that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's very... Um exciting that you're able to get these projects uh done like largely mm. by yourself yes largely in such a short amount of time often a weekend th- or a day i think that helps because yeah. this is all stuff that i do when i'm not in my official full-time job that right. pays the mortgage mm-hmm. um it and, and i'm not going to call it a hobby it, it really isn't it's more than that mm. um you know I, I film weddings i i do you know commercial work events all sorts of bits and pieces but the the short film side of things is that is really exercising far more of my creativity and that and the podcast is really what's getting me excited at the moment about the the creative side of things yeah so i've I've got um i've got another new project that i've just started now that i've I've finished disconnect oh i've started a new project i love documentaries Mm -hmm. so for me documentary is where i really like like to go that's okay. another reason why disconnect's a bit experimental <laughs> but um yeah my, my new documentary is uh, this year is the 150th anniversary of the founding of darwin yeah or the settlement i should say of, of darwin yep um and it was called palmerston back then for those who don't know uh so, right. which is really scary because now palmerston is another city entirely that's on the outskirts right. of now darwin and darwin is darwin over there yes so we, yes that's a whole different different story entirely <laughs> but um so i like the historical stuff yeah but what i wanted to do with this new project is um I, we have a number of people who are uh, have set up themselves as businesses. They're entrepreneurs. They've made something from nothing in Darwin. So I've lined up two already and I'm looking for another one or two people who uh, will interweave their stories of how they've gone from zero to successful businesses because they're in Darwin and how Darwin supported them and how they've supported Darwin and the symbiotic relationship and, and of course the uniqueness of these businesses that you, know, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do in somewhere like Sydney or Melbourne uh, right. or Brisbane or Adelaide, mm, you know, something yeah. quite unique. So I've got a, a magazine publisher is on board. I've got someone who runs a very specialised uh, clinic, uh, like a beauty clinic yep. um, coming on board. And then I'm looking for another probably one or two people to interweave into this story and I'm looking to shoot it over probably the next two to three months. So it'll be documentary interviews, Footage around Darwin, telling a little, maybe, um, maybe even weave a little bit of history in if it, if it fits into it, um, the story. And then I um, would love to have it ready to show at Diff. Yep. Not mm. sure if I'll have it ready in time, but if I can line up all the bodies and I can get the filming done in the next six or eight weeks. Yeah. 
then yeah, there's potential there for me. And I'm looking at this being maybe a 15 or a 20 minute documentary. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Mm. And so you've, you've basically, you're starting on that now. You've yes. gone straight into it. Uh, we're it's about a week ago. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. And, and this will be about three weeks from when we air this episode. Oh, true. So by the time by we get now, to there. By now you're well into it. Uh, by the time you hear this, folks, yes, I, I, I will be, should have the first lot of interviews done and the <laughs> second person just about lined up. So if you want to be in it and you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> Give me a give me a shout. Let yeah. me know. Yeah, and speaking of that, you are the man behind Untold Digital Media. Yes. Um, just tell tell me a bit more about that. I don't know much about it. Oh I? yes, I I started out thirty years ago. Okay. Twenty five years ago, my math is playing up. No, thirty five years ago, I bought my first camera. Almost to 1985 I bought wow. my first camera um, and got right into photography, taught myself how yep. to be a photographer, um, started doing work wherever I could, mostly events, weddings, kind of the thing you do when you're, <laughs> you're starting out. Um, took a fairly large break from it, um, family, kids, all that other fun stuff. and. <laughs> You, know, you need to pay the yes. mortgage, yeah. So you're mm -hmm. going to have regular income and you don't get that as a freelancer. Yeah. Uh, but then, um, uh, let's see, 2012, I bought a digital camera and started doing stills again. Yep. And that's sort of within the next two, three years, I started working out that, yeah, okay, now I can do video with this. So I started taking myself down the video line, teaching myself audio, teaching myself cinematography, teaching myself how to do all these things. YouTube is your friend if you want to learn how to do filmmaking. It's a great <laughs> yes. way to get the knowledge. It is. But if you don't go and shoot, then it's useless knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, I started making not films per se, but just practicing, yeah. taking shots in different film. Uh, doing shots and sequences in different environments and and then somebody asked me hey um, can you do a wedding for me and I went sure I'll do a wedding for you and plucked a number out of the sky and said what do you reckon you give me this and a meal and they gave <laughs> me that and I used that to buy some more audio gear so yeah. I could um, you know I bought I think a lav mic so I could record the the vows and um, and then it kind of snowballed from there and uh, I, I made this highlights video and uploaded it to YouTube and suddenly I've got a few hundred views as they shared it out with the family and friends and the couple sent me a, an email saying we've just watched the highlight video we're sitting on the beach in Bali at sunset and we're just we're both crying oh, and it's lovely. Like, oh thank you that's awesome that's what you want so yeah so that sort of has evolved um, yeah. and I still do weddings and I do events uh, with Untold, but um, it's expanded as well. So I've still got the photography for when I just can do that skill yep. set, and then the video work or the, the filming work. Um, and then most recently, I've added in voiceover and narration work as well. So mm. um, again, kind of started with me being doing having to do everything myself including the narration on a documentary that I was filming that very first one yeah and then I, and I was a tra I've been a trainer and I'm a trainer in my current um, full-time job so I'm used to talking as you've probably worked out because we've been on the air for 
30 minutes already and <laughs> I'm not sure that Thomas has got very many words in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, no. he's a hosted name only, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I had so many people saying to me, because I do a lot of my training via a webinar, so they don't see me, but they hear me. Oh, okay. And I had these people saying, oh, you've got a great voice for radio. And I said, yeah, I've got a face for radio too, but um, that's all right. And so I thought, well, why don't I see what I can do? So... I'm starting now to do audio book narration and, and looking to do voiceover work and commercial work as things develop. So untold digital media evolved out of my original photography and now encompasses all the things that I like to do. Yeah, many things. And <laughs> yes. it's, it, it seems like there's, a, there's an undercurrent here of um, <laughs> everything begins from you just buying a camera. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You buy a camera and mm. then you, better, you have to work out what to do with it. Yes. You buy a, a lens, then mm. you have to work out what to do with it. Yes, I, I must admit, I do have a bit of a... When I buy a camera, I go... When I bought my first camera, I went, oh, I'd like to take photos. But then I start finding that I'm being more and more creative with it. And then right. what I find is I do things like the weddings and the modelling shoots and all those other yeah. things that you do to bring in the money to buy lenses and, and then a microphone and then you have to do voice mm, things <laughs> yes i'm i'm uh, the the official term is bootstrapping ah. uh, where you actually pull yourself up by the bootstraps you get enough gear to get you started do something make some money to buy more gear to get uh -huh. them and and build it up from there. and that's what i have done and that's yep. why i've got several cameras and lenses and fun stuff like that. And I've got a wedding in a few weeks' time which will pay for the new lens that I want to buy. Mm. So I'm going to buy the lens because I know I've got the wedding booking. So it kind of works out that way. And I need the lens to pro do a better job on the wedding. So yeah. it's a win-win scenario, of course. And then one day you'll get a drone and you'll have to work out how Yeah, to... we can probably remove the words one day from that. Oh, I yes. see. we're already there. Yes, <laughs> we, we, we are there. I, 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 I bought an early drone. I want to update it, but that's, that'll wait until I get another wedding booking. <laughs> and, and look, I, I don't go act out and actively seek. The, the weddings you know people mm. come to me they want a wedding yeah. fantastic that's that's great um i know wedding photographers and wedding videographers and you know they will book 10 15 20 weddings a year and they'll make enough money in the you know few months of the dry season to last them the year and i, and I get it but that's not where i really want to do sure yeah yeah i love doing the weddings but I don't want to go and actively seek them out. Right. If they come to me, fantastic. Right. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I'll do a great job of them, but... It's, it's, it's not your main I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't see myself as a wedding videographer. No. I'm a, yeah. I'm a filmmaker who does weddings. That's right. Yes. Because it is a whole industry that can easily become anyone's absolutely. Uh, whole life, oh, can't it? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You, you only have to look at... Um, people like George Fagropoulos, who's one of the main photographers for weddings around Darwin. Right. Brilliant photographer. Really, really good. But that's pretty much his thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he does a few events. He's, he's involved with the, um, with the Darwin Cup Carnival and a few other things that I know of. But, yeah, it's pretty much for him. That's, that's, his, that's his bag and that's awesome. But, uh, and I love doing weddings, but I don't want to do a wedding every weekend <laughs> from early April till October. 
Because <laughs> yeah. that's just that there's no time to make films then. That's right. And and the podcast would probably not get made, and I don't want to do that. That's right. I like the podcast too. <laughs> it's good to know what you don't want. Like yes, that. yes, yeah. it's helpful like that. It is, and it's nice to be able to make the choice too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so look, there's one question here that I'd be um, kicking myself if I didn't <laughs> ask during this. It's um, just uh, you've started this anti filmmakers podcast. Mm. Uh, I'd just love to hear more about what drew you to um, to starting the podcast ah, yes. and getting into podcasting and getting into anti filmmakers podcasting. I I had um, been looking at how I could do a podcast since I decided 18 months or so ago that I really wanted to do more audio work. Yeah. Um, the, the training was leading to the voiceover, to the narration, and I wanted to have a platform. And what had held me back with the podcasting was that the equipment's relatively affordable, certainly compared to filmmaking gear. Yeah. Uh, but what had held me back was content. Aha. Uh-huh. What am I going to talk about? And because my track record is very much been, I'll do this. <laughs> yes. And I will caveat, I'd love to work with crew. <laughs> and right. I'd love to be crew. <laughs> but it's just the, the projects I've been working on, the films I've been creating, have not given me That's that opportunity right. Often yet. it's just easiest yes. to get them going. Yes, absolutely. So if somebody wants crew, shout. <laughs> Happy to play. Definitely. Uh, and in fact, Penny has invited me on with that project she's doing with John. So um, I'm helping out with that. So I'm going to be on that that crew side, which is awesome. Yes. Really looking forward to the, that filming weekend. Um, but the, the podcast came about. I went to my first NT Filmmakers meetup. Yep. And all these fantastic filmmakers were there. The place was packed. And we spent a couple of hours with people showing their short films and talking about their projects and this is what I've got going on and I've just got funding for this and I've just had my script option, thank you, Phil, love your work, (laughs) uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sitting there for the two hours going, we have all these people who meet once a month in Darwin. I'm certain we've got people in our springs and other centres who are probably doing the same thing down their way, why don't we have a way to interact between those two geographic areas and maybe point out to some people, and this is my fondest hope, that this will get a much wider audience than just NT, Mm. and that filmmakers in Sydney and and Melbourne, sorry, and Brisbane and Los Angeles and um, Austin, Texas Film Riot will go, hey, what are these guys doing in this fantastic, unique environment that is like pretty much nowhere else in the world? Yeah. Uh, look at these films. Look at what they're doing. Hey, guys, can we work with... This is what my, my fondest hope is, that, that we'll not only strengthen the community of filmmakers in the NT, um, which I think is really worthwhile. It's, it's, an, it's another part to the filmmaker meetups mm. it's it's not to um work against it it's to supplement it it's to it's mm. to make that strong even stronger but the podcast can get out to that potentially wider audience nationally and internationally 
uh, and one of the people that I've reached out to is um, in Screen Territory to see if they are going to come can come on board yeah. uh, and actually talk about what's happening from the Screen Territory perspective yeah, for, great. for filmmaking as well. Yeah. So because they're government, they have to go through certain hoops to get approval to be the spokesperson for <laughs> official government policy. Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've put the feelers out for that as well. But yes, the, the podcast itself, once I realised there was so many incredibly talented people and not just cinematographers but writers and directors and graphic artists and actors yeah um i'm still waiting for actors to come on the podcast i'm happy to do an extended episode if we can get some actors oh, to come great. on yes. and talk to us oh, about the their craft yeah That'd absolutely yeah. I'm, i am using i must admit thomas i'm using the opportunity to plug what i want to do going forward <laughs> oh <laughs> um, I'm not going to allow that. No, no. <laughs> it's in all our best interest. But yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I make nothing out of the podcast. No, um, there's yeah. no sponsorship deals or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think there won't be something down track and that, mm. that'll be payback for the work that I'm putting in now. But yep. to be perfectly honest, I'm excited about talking to people about their projects. Um, and that's kind of why um, I asked you to um, step in as a guest host to talk to me so, so I can be excited about that. my own things without <laughs> sounding incredibly egotistical. Because <laughs> now it's, it, this is the Thomas show, so I don't have to worry about That's right. sounding like I'm plugging all my own stuff. It's so. the Thomas Medina Filmmakers Network uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> incorporated. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so oh, there's another plane going over. The, there is, but I think we're okay. Then. Yeah, oh, we'll be okay. I, I think I know how to notch that out now. Oh. I'm getting better at my audio <laughs> tweaking. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, adds to the environment anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We're in the NT. You don't expect a studio here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, well, I'll speak for myself when I say I'm very excited for this podcast and where it's going to go. Oh, that is so um, awesome. To hear. Well, I just love podcasting in general. I think there's so much potential in podcasting, and there's currently so much potential in NT filmmaking. Mm. As well it's a pretty exciting time with, with things feel like they may be flourishing a bit more and people mm. are noticing with top-end wedding that it's a unique place with mm. unique stories that's right unique yep. uh, potential for stories mm. on the screen so yes. that's all very exciting yes and oh and, and of course deck chairs open and i think we're that's unique right. in having an, an outdoor cinema that's right yeah so yeah i can't i can't not mention deck chair <laughs> i love deck chair <laughs> deck chair is fantastic mm -hmm. yes <laughs> um and so your short films and mm. um where, where's the best place to find the oh short films? uh if you go to youtube and mm. search for untold digital media you will find my short films there yep. um my uh documentaries my um I also have the website, which is www.untolddigitalmedia.com.au. And, of course, both of these will be in the show notes. Fantastic. Which you can get from untolddigitalmedia.com.au forward slash podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> multiple plugs. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so there's... Um, I have, have made a, a bit of a sporadic blog from time to time. Uh, not very many all. entries on that one. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm going to steer more towards the audio and let the blog die a quiet Yes, death. yes. I think that sounds <laughs> the, the way to go. The time to write versus the time to talk. Yes, I, I know which ones I, I'm more capable of achieving an outcome in a limited amount of, of time. <laughs> I'm more right. likely to use one technique than the other. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and the latest short film, Disconnect, mm. is there on the YouTube. Yes, That's yes. brand new and fresh there. Absolutely. And, and in fact, I've submitted Disconnect to the My Road Reel 2019 competition. So uh, that has, amongst other things, a People's Choice Award. So um, uh -huh. if anyone would like to go in and vote for <laughs> Disconnect, please watch it. Like it on YouTube, of course. Uh, but if you want to go to My Road Reel, uh, website and look at that up and and vote for it there and share it across your networks and ask your Fantastic. friends and rallies to or there, there's a there's a possibility um, I mean it's an international competition yeah. with I think last year they had something like 60 or 70 thousand entries Wow! Um, so it's, it's in, you know, getting a prize is yeah not a realistic expectation but you know what I'd love it if people shared the, the film great and when's that up that should be up that's when now it's been now? submitted and, and been approved and in the show notes I'll put the link to the my road reel site where you can actually lodge your vote and press the share button and send it out to your network fantastic and uh, yes I'll, I'll also maybe have a quiet chat with Blandine and see if I can submit it because I'm thinking it might be something that could go for uh, go up as one of the little segments on on diff oh definitely yeah mm. just look just uh, just get everything out of Blandine yeah. you can she'll, <laughs> yeah. like she'll cave she'll show your film everywhere it's <laughs> well look she's, she's, she's already come on the podcast so I, uh, I, I owe her a favor but that's okay. we're very lucky to have her aren't we <laughs> absolutely um, well thanks so much no Steve. worries my um, pleasure is that enough content for oh, your podcast that's, that's you 44 go. minutes of oh, pretty no, much, too much content not at all oh, I'll no. just split it over two episodes <laughs> <laughs> or we'll do a bumper one yeah but it's great I mean it, uh, my background obviously is moving more and more and more into the audio side of things so clearly I should be talking so. <laughs> that's right Right. Um, well, thanks for coming on your podcast. Um, <laughs> thanks I, for hosting my oh, podcast. You are welcome. <laughs> I've been Thomas Medina, um, and I you never know when I might hijack the podcast again. I'm thinking even-numbered episodes, but we'll see wow. how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank see you. Ya. The NT Filmmakers Podcast is proudly supported by The Hive, a creative co-working space for Darwin film and creative industry professionals to create, collaborate, focus and network with other filmmakers. The Hive is centrally located at One Pavonia Place, Nightcliff. For bookings and more information, email screenhub at undergrowthproductions.com. Thanks for joining us in this episode of the NT Filmmakers Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information and most informative interviews about all things filmmaking in the Northern Territory. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.untoldigitalmedia.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an Untold Digital Media production, copyright 2019.